rough week when you look at the headlines and you see what's going on in this world and you think, man, oh man, how are we going to, how are we going to make it? We're going to make it. We serve a victorious God. And I want to try to encourage you a little bit this morning. Lord, I want to be your witness. How many of you feel like that's getting harder and harder to do in this world today? See a lot of head shaking. You look and see what we read on the papers and on Facebook and the internet. It just kind of blows you away. It, sometimes you say, well, I just get tired. It seems like I'm always swimming upstream. It seems like I'm always going against the flow. And guys, I hate to tell you, but that's the way it is. As a Christian, we're going to go against the flow. We're going to go against the stream. Because if we get in line and just flow along with everybody else, then we really don't belong to God. He's going to ask us to do some pretty difficult things. He's going to ask us to go and tell the gospel to someone that we really don't like much. Or we don't approve much. He's going to ask us to live a life at work that is far beyond what everybody else is doing, and it's difficult. We've been talking about that for the last three weeks. And guys, I know I go home sometime and I think, man, I bet they just think I want to just pound them over the head with the Bible every week. And, and I really don't. I just, I just know how important our job is that we live for Christ. In a world that is just, he's just singing. I see a world that's dying. It's, it's just being destroyed by Satan. And he's asked us to be light. And guys, that's not an easy job. And it takes a thick skin, and it takes a big, full suit of armor. And we've got to know our enemy. And so, when some weeks come and it feels like I'm just, just pounding and pounding and pounding, I just want us to be strong. I'm talking to me, too, when I do that. I want us to be strong. I want us to be ready for this battle because it's going to be difficult. Y'all know that. It's going to be hard. But there is hope. There is victory in Jesus. There is a time when this will not be the norm. There's a time coming when perfection is coming, when Jesus is coming. And what we're struggling with right now will seem insignificant. The Bible calls them these temporary trials that we're going through now are not even going to matter someday because we're going to be in heaven with Jesus. And it's going to be worth it. The old song says heaven will surely be worth it all. And it will. It will. You've seen breaking news like this this week. Southern Baptist website blocked from U.S. military because of its hostile content. We look at that, and at first they said, well, there's just, you know, we're trying to, and then they went back, and there was so much uproar that they finally said, well, it was a, a malware misfunction. Guys, I don't know what the true story is behind it, but even that a religious, a gospel site gets blocked, starts making you think something's up. Something's up. The devil is really going to work. And it seems like his team's getting bigger every day. Seeing another website like this this week, another breaking news. Pentagon may decide to court-martial any soldier that shares the gospel. Come to find out, this guy's name is Mickey Weinstein. Weinstein. He pretty much hates Christians. He said, if you lead someone to Christ, it's like raping them. 
they've allowed this guy to go into the Pentagon, and he may be one of them that helps write the rules for the future for our military. Pentagon didn't say this, but Mickey Weinstein said this. This is what he wants. This is what he wants. Let me also say something right here real quick. Everything you read on the Internet is not true, all right? We have to be careful that we don't jump the gun and begin screaming and hollering about something that we don't know if it's true or not. Because this, this issue right here would come down from the Pentagon, but it wasn't the Pentagon that said it. It was this Mickey Weinstein that said it. And so we have to be careful how things are worded. Because within a day or two, you'll get more information. And I don't know if you know this or not, but the news slants the story the way they want it to go. Okay? And that's, that's including Fox and CNN. Whatever direction they want the news to go, that's the way they're going to slant it. So be careful about believing everything you hear on TV and on, in the Internet. Make sure you research it. Make sure you see what's going on. And by all means, may we approach everything that we read with a godly-type love but also one that stands for God, okay? I'm not saying that we knuckle under. I'm just saying we have to be careful. Seen another breaking headline this week. Any teenage girl 15 and up can purchase the morning after pill. What that does is the teenage girl has relations, and the next morning she can take a pill, and if she got pregnant, it takes the baby away. We look at these things. I also read this week they're handing out condoms to 12-year-olds in California. We look at these headlines and they discourage us. How do we stay faithful in this discouraging world? How do we keep going on? And then we read this one. This probably got our attention more than anything. NBA player says he's gay. Some media says he's a hero. Now, this is an issue that I've been really thinking about this week. First of all, I realize that this situation... This, this gay situation is in a lot of places, and it's in some of the families in this church. I think we have to be really careful of how we approach it. I think we have to approach it like this is a sin, like any other sin. I think we have to approach it that these people need Jesus just like me and you need Jesus. I think we have to be careful as Christians that we say, oh, it's an abomination and you're going to hell and, you know... It's, it's, it's an issue, and we talked about this Wednesday night, and I just love my Wednesday night crowd because I just, sometimes I just talk to them and say, you know, we need, to have, we need to have answers. We need to be able to talk to people about why we feel things are not right. We need to be able to talk to people that, rather than just saying, well, the Bible says it's wrong. We start screaming out against people on any of these issues. We just start screaming out. We're never going to get a chance to lead them to Christ. Are all these things wrong? Yes. Are all these things sin? Yes. But we must remember, guys, that every one of us sitting in this room has untold sin in our life. Amen? Say it out loud. Amen? Amen. We do. And how we deal with these things says a lot about who we believe in and where our trust is and who our God is. It doesn't mean we approve of sin. God doesn't approve of any sin. He doesn't approve of the sin in your life. He doesn't approve of the sin in this country. And it is a very discouraging world. But we must stay faithful. I want to give you some things this morning to help you to know when discouragement's coming and then how to deal with it. But also I want to show you, turn over to Nehemiah 4. 
as I always say every week, this is one of my favorite stories. I have a lot of favorite stories in the Bible. But I love about Nehemiah going back to rebuild the walls. But I want to show you that Christians have been being criticized and ridiculed and made fun of and, and, and talked about for, for centuries and thousands of millennia and all these things. Here we see the very thing back in that day. If you could rewind time and, and here's the very thing, same thing. They're wanting to do something for God. They're wanting to live for God. They're wanting to rebuild the walls. They've been in captivity, and now they've come back, and the, the temple is in ruin, and the walls are in ruin, and Nehemiah goes to work putting this wall back together. And the first thing, when you start really standing up for God, some of you folks that had, were saved last Sunday, you're going to notice something real quick, all right? When you start standing up for God, the devil's going to come, and he's going to just bring the whole load, and he's just going to try to wear you out. Because he does, he, what, his first thing is, he's already mad because he lost you to the Lord, and you got forever in heaven. But then the other thing is he wants to try to render your testimony and your story, he wants to render that useless. So I want you to really put on the armor the next few months. You remember right after Jesus was baptized, where did he go? He went for 40 days and 40 nights of temptation in the desert. He went right from a, a high water mark and a hallelujah moment right into the teeth of temptation and sin. And the devil still follows that pattern. He'll take people that have just given their heart to Jesus, and he brings them into something, and he just, he just starts pounding on them and pounding on them and pounding on them. And he gets you to say this, God, I thought you were going to help me. God, I thought you were going to be with me. And you know what? All along, God is right there. God has not left. God will not leave. He will never forsake you nor leave you. He loves you. Do not listen to the lies of the devil. Do not listen to those lies. Let's read this together. I'm going to read the whole chapter. But just listen to all the arguing and all the ridicule and all the fun going on. I want you to realize, yes, it's difficult today, but we are not the first ones down the, down the pipe, all right? This has happened for centuries. Things have been going on and been making fun of Christians for a long, long time. When Sanballat heard that they were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and greatly incensed. Now, Nehemiah has come back to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. They were destroyed, and they were taken to Babylon. They've been captive for many, many years, and now they're back. And at first, Zerubbabel come back and rebuilt some, and then Ezra came back, and now Nehemiah's come back 13 years later, and he begins to build the walls back up. And listen, the people around that area do not want Jerusalem building the walls back up because then God's power's back, and then they've got a, a foe that they can't whip. They know how strong God is. That's why they're making fun of God. That's why people today just say, that Christianity's not for me, it's just a bunch of, they just, they're mad at it. It just makes them mad because when you say the name of Jesus, you've got to make a decision. You've got to make a decision. You're either for him or against him. The Bible says there's no two ways about it. That's the only two ways. You're either for me, the Bible says, or you're against me. And when people get so angry that they want to swing at you and hit you and, and scream at you, that's because Jesus is demanding a decision they do not want to make. And if they can render him not a part of the picture, if they can get you to believe that Jesus doesn't exist, then they don't have, they're not accountable to anything. That's what our whole world wants. We want to be unaccountable to anything. We want to live however we want. And guys, there's a way to live. We've been studying about the last three weeks. There's a way to live when you follow Christ. But it's very important that we do that. He ridiculed the Jews, and in the presence of his associates in the army of Samaria, he said, what are those feeble Jews doing? Or let me say, what are those feeble Christians doing? What are those feeble God followers doing? Can you hear the, the media today? 
You can hear them. We will, will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from the heaps of rubble, burned as they are? And this is, this is, this is Satan talking right here, man. Can you, can you really live a Christian life? Look how hard it's going to be. There's nobody at work that's a Christian. There's nobody in your family that's a Christian. Can you really go out there and live? Can you really do without those things that you think you... And he just keeps loading it on. Do you really... Can you really make it? Oh, it's going to be so hard. And he just keeps ridiculing you and ridiculing you. Tobiah the Ammonite who was at his side said, What are they building? What they are building, even a fox climbing on would break down their walls of stone. It's never going to last. There's people going to tell you that after you're saved. It's never going to last. You tell them, yes, it will, because my salvation is in God. My salvation is through the blood of Jesus Christ. It will last for eternity. That's what the Bible promises. Hear us, O God, for we are despised. They begin to pray. Now, I'm not sure we need to pray like this, but they were pretty upset. Listen how they're praying. Turn their insults back on their heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do to them what you did to us, is what they're saying. All right? Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. This is how we want to pray sometimes today. Lord, I need you to smite them with a lightning bolt. Lord, I need you to just go up there and find that Mickey Weinstein guy and just blow him up, okay? Put a curse on his head or, you know, something, but just, just zap him. But you know what, guys? Listen to me. We live in the age of grace. And what he did there opened the door for everyone to come to know him as Savior. Even the, the most strong, atheist, Christian hater you can think of. Jesus died for that person. And he's asked us to be a light to this dark old world. Guys, I'm telling you, when the dark gets darker, the light's got to get brighter. And that's why we've got to be stronger. That's why we can't get discouraged. That's why we cannot grow weary in doing good. We have to keep fighting the fight because he's asked us to share the gospel with the world. Boy, don't forget that. I'm right with you. There's times I'd like to pray, Lord, just zap them all. Just wipe them off the map. But you know what? He tarries. He's waiting. He's waiting. If God didn't care if his grace wasn't great and huge, he would have come back a long time ago. But he is not willing that any should perish. So we rebuilt the wall till all reached half its height, for the people worked with all their heart. Listen to that. They worked with all their heart till it got halfway up. Man, they're going. You know how it is when you start a project? You know how it is when you first accept Christ? Man, you want to tell everybody about it. Man, guess what happened to me Sunday? I, I was saved. I've heard of the kids going and telling their, all their friends at school and their teachers, and I've heard adults going and telling everybody and then calling their family, and it's great, it's awesome. So the wall was built halfway up. What we have to be careful is that we keep that same zeal. We keep that same, same excitement. Maybe some of us have been saved 20, 30, 40 years. Maybe we need to get that same zeal again. Where we get excited about that. We follow God. He's my Savior. He's my Lord. He saved me. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that. That'll overcome discouragement. You realize where your home is. You realize where your future is. You realize that he's not going to leave you. That gets you excited. That gets you excited. 
But when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the people of Ashad heard that the repairs to the Jerusalem walls had gone ahead and that gaps were being closed, they were angry. God's winning. Isn't that amazing? God's always going to win. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet his, this threat. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of laborers is given out. And there's so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the walls. They kept a lot of strength till halfway, and then the job gets harder. You ever built a house? Years ago, we built a house. And Taylor helped me every day build the house. Remember that, Taylor, when you was little? She'd come over and help me sweep floors and pick up lumber and things. Boy, when we was just at the beginning, boy, it went quick. Got it all dried in. I told Dana, we'll be in there in a month. It took four more months, you know, because you get into that little stuff. You know, you know Leslie, Leslie's shaking her head. She built a house. Y'all built a house. Stephen's, you know, you guys know what it's like. And boy, you got a lot of energy, and man, you're pumped, and you're ready to go when you first start building that house. And then as it goes, you just get, and then by about, you know, the, the fifth month, you're going, I will be glad when this house is done. I'm tired of messing with it. But same thing happened here. Lots of zeal, lots of excitement when they stepped out. But as it got, it got longer and it got harder and it got hotter and they kept getting blasted with ridicule and they kept getting threatened that they was going to come and attack them. You know, it's hard to work one eye behind you and one eye in front of you and, and looking around and making sure your back's covered. It's hard to work like that. And they began to get weary. Guys, I can feel the weariness as a Christian, can't you? I can feel the weariness in this country. But that doesn't mean we stop. That doesn't mean we stop. This is too big of a deal. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said the strength of labors is given out and so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the walls. Also, our enemies said, before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them and we will kill them and put an end to the work. See, just yank, 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 just steady barking at them. Just steady wearing them down. The devil does that. A lot of times he don't come in with some great big huge thing and some, he just comes with little bitty things, kind of like a little dog nipping at your heels, just, yeah, 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 and just nagging at you, nagging at you, nagging at you. And pretty soon you just get frustrated. And that's what they're doing. They, when they don't know it, we're going to sneak up behind him and kill him. You know, and they're, they're circulating this garbage all up and down the road here as they're building the wall. The Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us, even the outside people, kind of the people on the fence. Well, is it really worth it? Yeah, it's worth it. It's worth it. Therefore, I stationed some people behind the lowest points of the wall and exposed places, posting by families with swords and spears and bows. After I looked these things over, I stood up and said to the people, and the nobles and officials, the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome, and fight for your families, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. When our enemies heard that, we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it. We all returned the wall to our own work. I'm going to stop there. I was going to read a little bit more, but I'm going to move on. We just went about doing what we needed to do. We kept on and we prayed and, and we, we remembered the Lord is great and awesome. Causes of discouragement. Go to that if you would. Go on down about three or four screens. First of all, it's ridicule. And I just want to give you some scriptures. You may want to jot them down for when you're needing to just to pick me up, all right? There's causes of discouragement, and one of the first ones is, is ridicule. You know, everything out there now, if you, if you talk about God, if you talk about the Bible, you're a hater. You hate people because 
you say that's wrong or that's not right or that's a sin. You, you must hate people if you don't just open your arms and accept everything they do. We've been known as intolerant. Oh, that word is, is just most used word in the, in the thing today. You've got to be tolerant. But you know what's amazing to me is the other side's never tolerant toward us. We never get to stand up and say what we feel. It's always wrong what we say. I think we live in a, hey, we live in the land of the free. We have freedom of speech. You can get up and say what you want. But I think we also get to stand, get to stand up and talk about God once in a while. Amen? I think we ought to get that right to do that. We get that holier than thou. Oh, you just think you're better than everybody. Or, oh, that's so narrow-minded. Well, you know, to be honest with you, the gospel is kind of narrow-minded. It says, narrows the way, and few be that find it. It also says there's only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not saying there's only one way, that's the Baptist way. I'm not saying there's only one way, that's our way. I'm saying there's only one way that the Bible says. It says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If that's narrow-minded, so it be it. But like I said a few weeks ago, I like that because now I know exactly the path to go. I don't have to guess. There's a lot of people guessing how to get to heaven. There's a lot of people hoping their way to heaven. Isn't it great that you don't have to hope or guess your way to heaven? That you can know Jesus Christ today? He says, and you know what? I'll save you. I'll save you. Look at this verse in 2 Corinthians. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. There you go, Dan. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Man, you read all these headlines we read earlier and you just feel beat down. You go, when is it ever going to stop? I got to tell you something too. And I, I'm not a doom and gloom guy, but it's going to get worse. All right? It's just because we've turned our back on God. Come watch what we're watching on Sunday night at 5 o'clock. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is, that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and in insults and in hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I like it when people make fun of me. I like it when people insult me. I like it when people say that I'm wrong because of Christ. Because when I am weak, he is strong. He is strong. Listen to me. If you're getting made fun, be, fun of because of Jesus, you're in the very right place you need to be. The problem is if you're blending in so much that nobody even knows you're a Christian, then there's a problem. That's what's happened to our country. We've just kind of laid back and draw it in and kind of look like everybody else. Christ said, don't worry about it. When they insult you, when there's hardships, when there's persecution, you feel weak, but that's when I'm my best. Because I'm going to show you. I'm going to show it. And we're going to point the glory to God. We're going to point the glory to God. Let's move on. Next one's fatigue. We were talking about this morning class. When do you feel like the devil comes calling the worst? When you're tired. Y'all would say okay to that? When you're tired, he'll come calling. When you're tired, and he says, come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. You ever just get wore out? You ever get wore out from fighting it? Guys, listen, it, it's, it's there. I know. I know. But listen to this. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Light? Is this a light burden, Brother Todd? It seems like it's just oppressive. It seems like every time I try to stand up for God, they just beat me down. You know why it's light? The word is in the word yoke. 
if, you, if we were old-fashioned, we knew what a yoke was, there was this long bar, and it had a hoop in it. And it had a, another hoop over here, and they'd put one side of the ox in this, this hoop, and they'd put another ox over here. And those two ox would pull the wagon. How much easier is it for two oxes to pull than one? A lot easier. Do you know what Jesus says? I am yoked with you. I am in that with you. I am pulling with you. As a matter of fact, I'm doing the pulling. You just come along and follow me, he says. I'm doing the big work. You just follow me. My burden's light. Because when they make fun of you, they're not making fun of you if you're standing up for me. They're making fun of me. I think we, we think about that. They're making fun of God. Pray for them. Pray for them. Our next one. Frustration. Boy, that's what we felt this week. Ugh. Can you believe it? Every headline I just read, I just went, are you kidding me? And we just get frustrated. We get frustrated by this world and by this, this lack of Christ, and people don't seem to care, and people don't want to listen. And sometimes you said, even my family's not receptive to it. It's a struggle. Look what James says. My dear brothers and sisters, I love how God talks to us so gentle. My dear brothers and sisters, Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Listen, when you get frustrated, what's the first thing you do? You get mad. What's the next thing after you get mad? You get angry. And when we get angry, we show a side of us that nobody needs to see. Ask Dana sometimes. We don't need to see that. Christ says, that produces in you something this world doesn't need to see. This world needs to see my righteousness in you. And it's hard when you get upset. It's hard when you get frustrated. But he said, don't do it. What does he say one more time? Here's something we need to remember, guys. Be quick to listen. Quick, slow, slow, all right? Now, we're, we're quick to speak and quick to become angry and slow to listen. That's the way we're built. Or maybe that's just me. I don't know. But we're quick, we want to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And that's hard. That's hard. But there's power in the blood. One more. Fear. We look at the fear of things. What's coming next? That's what I ask myself. What are my children going to see? Have you asked yourself that? What's my grandchildren going to witness through all this mess? We, fear, we live in fear sometimes. Will we be persecuted? Is it coming to us next? Are they going to come right into Kaiser someday and lock the doors of this church? And if, if you're not careful, the devil can paralyze you with fear. John 16 says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. <laughs> I love that. He's real honest with us. Listen, Jesus is honest. He said, in this world you're going to have trouble. Just count on it. He didn't say you might have trouble on some days you want. He just says you will have trouble. But take heart. Don't worry about it. I, Jesus, have overcome the world. Everybody say amen this morning. Amen. That ought to pick us up. That ought to encourage us this morning. Man, I like that. The one fighting for us is going to win. We're on the winning side. Don't forget that. The devil wants us to make the think we're going to lose, and then we give up, and then we start flowing with the crowd. Don't give up. We win. We win. Now, real quick, cures for discouragement. First of all, here's the big one. Ask God for help. Isn't that difficult? 
We want to go out and fight this thing by ourselves, you know. Paul said, it's like I'm fighting against the wind, man. I'm just boxing, you know. Old Bob Seger song, against the wind. I'm just fighting against the wind, you know. That ain't going to get you nowhere. So do not fear, for I am with you. If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I love this part. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. In this hand is perfection, God says. I am perfect. I am righteous. I do it just right every time. And guess what? I'm holding you up by that hand. Amen and amen. That's good this morning. That's good. One more. Find your weak spots. We all know where they're at, okay? We all know where our weak spots are. I love this verse here, guys. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And I think that's very important in this very discouraging world. Don't stop worshiping God. You say, well, that's kind of a given. No. What comes when we get frustrated and tired and angry? We quit worshiping God and we start turning our focus on guys like Mickey Weinstein and all these other goofballs, okay? Put your, put your sight on God. Don't get so bogged down and don't get so discouraged that you quit worshiping God. Come back in here and get your, get your spirit filled again. And then go back out there and say, let's go again. Let's go. Come on, Lord, let's go. You're holding me up by your righteous right hand. I'm ready. I'm ready for the fight. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Find your weak spots. Find what makes you weak and say, God, help me to get stronger there. Get stronger there. And then one more. Remember who God is. Let me just read this to you. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. And this is really important. This is really important. We, we think, man, it's never going to end. But listen to this. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. It's just been a blip on God's scale, you know? These last 6,000 years of Bible time, boop, just a blip. Didn't really, it's just a blip in God's eternity. It doesn't really even register it's so small. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. You've heard it said. Well, I've heard great-grandma talk about Jesus coming back. Everybody talks, Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. He hasn't come yet. Listen, he don't go on our time clock. We're on his time. And his time is full of grace. Instead, he is patient with you. Oh, thank you, Lord, for being patient with me. Not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Guys, it's coming. He's, he's going to keep his promise. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Man, no more Facebook. Hallelujah. No more. No more seeing all the hurt. No more internet. No more CNN or Fox or... It's going to be laid bare, and we're going to be with Jesus. That's something to be encouraged about today. Something to be encouraged about today. Man, what a God we serve. I want to end with this verse here because I think it's very important. Listen, all this going on out there makes us angry. It makes us take sides. And guys, listen to me. Don't get me wrong. We want, we want to stand up for what is right, Okay. But we also have to remember that we live in the age of grace, and we live in a time where God is trying. Like it just said, God is not slow, he's not slack, but he's not willing that any should perish. 
He's waiting. He's waiting. He's waiting for these people that say there is no God and, and for the people. And, and I, know, I know probably some of them will never come to know him because the Bible says not everybody's going to find their way to heaven. But he keeps waiting because of his great patience. And everyone in this room has experienced the patience of God in their life. Aren't we glad that he is patient with us? Listen to this verse, and we'll close. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, and intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. All these lunatics that we're reading about that are just defying God, you know what? We don't harp at them. We don't get on there and chime about them. We pray for them. We pray for their soul. Because you know what? Some, sometime back in the past, somebody prayed for you, and somebody prayed for me. I just very well believe if no one ever prays for you, you may never find God. Somebody's got to pray for you. And you've got to get that Holy Spirit working in their life. And somebody praying, and we've got to pray for these folks. For, it says, for kings and all those in authority. Man, we like to bash our president. We like to bash this person, that person. I don't agree with everything he does. But you know what? There is not one authority over your life that God didn't set there. Chew on that for a moment. That's in the Bible. Every authority over you, your boss, our president, our con, whatever, every authority over us, God put them there. And he's trying to get a certain reaction. I believe that. When we stray for God, we're going to get one kind of leader. When we get our hearts right, we're going to get another kind of leader. I firmly believe that. But in the meantime, we pray for him. That we may live peaceful and quiet lives in godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior. You want to make God happy? Don't ridicule, pray. Don't ridicule, pray. Who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Guys, all these crazy headlines we read at the beginning. He wants all of them to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. And if we stand up and, 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 and slander them and rip them, and curse them. We are not being what God asks us to do, and it does not please God. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all. Who's in charge of judging everybody? Just one person, and his name is Jesus Christ. We are not to be judge, jury, and executioner. Jesus is the one. We point the way to Jesus. We live the life. We live righteous. We live holy. We point people to Jesus Christ, and he is the one that judges, not us. I heard something on the radio the other day. He said, I've been praying for God to heal me of my eyes, and I just prayed and prayed, and he never would heal my eyes. And I said, God, you're just not fair. And he said, and a voice spoke to me, God's not fair. God's just. I think we need to remember that. God does because see, if God was fair, that would be something in your eyes. And what Dana thinks fair, I might not think fair. And what Rick thinks fair, I might not think fair. But God is just. And that means God is going to do just exactly right. What needs to be done, God's going to handle it perfectly. And we keep wanting God to be fair. We don't want God to be fair. If God was fair, we'd be doomed, amen? But we want him to be just. And you know what he says? If you believe in me, you can go to heaven. That's how just he is. Even though you're a sinner, even though you've sinned, even though you've got all this crud in your life, if you believe in me, I'll save you, and you can spend an eternity in heaven. That's being pretty just right there. That's not being fair. That's being just. 
And guys, that's what we want. Be encouraged this morning. You keep fighting. You get your armor on and you go to, you go to battle tomorrow. But you go in the love of Christ. And you go in His power. And you go in His glory. And you pray. And you live holy, godly lives. Because that pleases God. This world more than ever needs to see somebody stand up and represent Jesus the way He needs to be represented. Not the way we think He wants to be represented. Not the way we want to blast people. We want to stand up and represent Jesus in the way he needs to be represented. Because if we don't, these people will never find Jesus as their Savior. All they see is a bunch of people yelling back at them. They're yelling at us. Why can't we yell back? Because that's not what it's about. They yelled at Jesus on the cross. Did he come down and smite them all? No. He stayed up there and died, didn't he? That's how humble he is. Oh, what a Savior. What a God we serve. I'm on his team. You're on his team. It's going to be okay. Amen? It's going to be okay. Let's pray. Oh, God, we love you. Thank you for encouraging our hearts. Thank you for not letting us be, or keep us, Lord, from being so contrarian. Help us not to be so bitter. Lord, help us to read these verses this morning and and be encouraged, but also learn from them, Lord. May we be holy and godly and pray. And, and Lord, I love the words that it says, that pleases you. Lord, that's what we do every day. We, wanna, we say, I want to live to please God. I, I want to live to please God. And Lord, you, you just showed us right there. Pray and love people and be godly and holy. That pleases you. Lord, thank you that we win. Thank you for not giving up on us. Thank you for your patience in our life. And Lord, I pray a special blessing of encouragement over this whole congregation this morning. And Lord, I know I'm nothing but just a mere man. But Lord, I pray as their, as their pastor, as their leader, so to speak, Lord, I, I just pray that I would be able to, to offer them a blessing of, of encouragement this morning. And it would lift their spirits as they walk out of here a little higher and a little taller and their shoulders thrown back a little bit more because we serve a living, loving and a victorious God. Lord, help us this week. Help us to be strong. But help us to love and help us to be gracious. In your name we pray, amen.